0: This is a de-partied Podcast quick hit, episode 14, The War on Christmas. I didn't really think I'd be doing this episode. Uh, this is uh, a year where I thought maybe this wouldn't be a thing. Maybe it won't be a thing, what I'm talking about. Uh, but already it's beginning to, you know, like a zombie coming back from the dead. The War on Christmas talk is already starting and we're still in mid-November. For a little background, I, I saw a, a Scott Walker interview on Fox News. Now, Scott Walker is a former governor of Wisconsin. Uh, he was a guy I used to really like. Um, like many people in the GOP, uh, he you know, just seemed like a really good guy. And then uh, Donald Trump came along and Scott Walker's become a big supporter of Donald Trump. And I guess with maybe newer eyes, I'm seeing him a little differently now. But when he was governor in 2011, he passed a resolution or whatever that said that the, the tree in the Wisconsin Capitol building in December would be called a Christmas tree. It had been called a holiday tree for a long time, uh, since the mid-80s, I think, is when they had made that change. And you, you see that in our culture. You see people uh, changing things from Christmas to holiday, uh, and generally it's, it's out of kind of respect for people who aren't Christians or, or whatever, trying to be more inclusive And so last week, or a couple week and a half ago or whenever, Tony Ebers, uh, the governor of Wisconsin, changed the name of the tree in the Wisconsin capital back to the holiday tree. And of course, that made some people mad. The Senate Majority Leader, Scott Fitzgerald, called this PC garbage. And now Scott Walker finds himself on Fox News. And he said that uh, naming a Christmas tree a holiday tree would be like, quote, having Thanksgiving and forgetting about giving thanks for what we have, end quote. So yeah, I think this might be a thing in 2019. The war on Christmas. So where did this war on Christmas come from? I was trying to think back to uh when I first kind of became aware of this phenomenon in our culture. And uh, I I remember it happened a couple years ago, maybe 2015 or so, and it had something to do with Starbucks cups. (laughs) So I found an article, uh, a pretty good article on a site I know nothing about, but eater.com. And there's an article from November of 2015 called A Brief History of Starbucks Holiday Cup Controversies by Whitney Faloon and Brenna Hook. And uh, quoting from this, it talks about the 2015 Starbucks Cup Controversy. Quote, Starbucks rolls out a new holiday cup that's decidedly more subdued than years past, a rather plain red ombre design which the company explains is intended to usher in the holidays with a purity of design that welcomes all of our stories, a.k.a. be more inclusive. This doesn't sit well with some, including an internet evangelist by the name of Joshua Feuerstein, end quote. So I got curious about Joshua Feuerstein, and I went out and found his video on YouTube, and he is mad. He's very mad because he went into Starbucks and their cups weren't Christmassy enough for him. And so his idea was, this is how he tricked Starbucks. He told them that his name was Merry Christmas. So when his coffee was ready, and they called his name they were forced to say merry christmas and he just thought that was the coolest thing in the world he also uh showed them by wearing a jesus t-shirt and he also brought his gun into the store so that was that it was a 2015 version of owning the liberals and making sure that they knew that they were not going to take christmas away from us so <laughs> that was the that was joshua furestein and that video went viral evidently um and I, i've heard of other people doing that it's like you know hey force the liberals to celebrate christmas and uh the best way to do that or a good way of doing that is by telling them that your name is merry christmas and that way when they call your name to come get your coffee they'll have to say merry christmas and they won't be able to get away with just saying, happy holidays. So yes, that is a good way to get back at that overworked barista who is uh, probably just wanting to get through their day and really doesn't want a part of your culture wars. But there you go. So as I I delve deeper into this, this war on Christmas, I I was surprised to find that it actually has been going on a lot longer than I thought. Uh, (laughs) Let me quote you this. Uh, This is a national leader um, from a couple years ago, quote, last Christmas, most people had a hard time finding Christmas cards that indicated in any way that Christmas commemorated someone's birth, end quote. Now you may say, well, who was that? Well, that was Henry Ford. And he wrote that in 1921, (laughs) more than, you know, uh, more than 80 years before the Joshua Furstein got all mad about not getting a Christmassy uh, Starbucks cup uh now ford was a bit of an anti-semite and so there was uh you know a little bit more to this and i'm not going to get into all of that but henry ford was reacting to some uh movement by some jewish leaders earlier in the century in like 1912 to get references to jesus removed from classroom christmas exercises and stuff like that and uh These groups also challenged uh, classroom Bible readings, and so you can understand uh, the concern on both sides, honestly, Uh, but that was what made Henry Ford mad, and that's why he felt like there was kind of a war on Christmas, even though he didn't use that term. As far as we know, uh, the term war on Christmas was coined by conservative author Peter Brimlow. Uh, Now, if you don't know who Peter Brimlow is, he is a uh he he founded the VDare.com site, which is named after Virginia Dare, who was the first uh English child born in the Americas and sometime in the 15th or 6th, I think sixteenth century. And um he also wrote uh a book, Alien Nation, Common Sense About America's Immigration Disaster. And, uh, you know, it seems like with almost everything with the GOP these days, uh, there is an immigration component to it. And um, VDARE is certainly a, an interesting site to go to if uh, you want to read about how dangerous immigration is and, and how demographics is dooming our country and stuff like that. Things that I absolutely reject, but that, are, uh, that a lot of people are, are very open to listening to these days. The uh, first mention of the War on Christmas is from back in 2000, uh, December 12th of 2000. This was on a post on VDare by Peter Brimelow, where he uh, was mad about Amazon.com, using the phrase Happy Holidays, and uh, on uh, Amazon's links that you could put on your website, there weren't any that were specifically Christmas-related, they were more around the idea of you know presents and holidays. And so he um, wrote a post critical of Amazon and he started a competition where people could point out the the most egregious war on Christmas, you know, attacks uh, from our culture and from people who were trying to sell things, et cetera. So that was Peter Brimelow and his site VDare and um, that's kind of where it started. You'll find later in the early 2000s that Bill O'Reilly began talking about the War on Christmas, making lists of uh, merchants who were not uh, leaning into Christmas as much as they were leaning into Happy Holidays. and, And he created his nice and naughty lists that would identify the enemies in the War on Christmas. He got people riled up. Quoting from a Snopes article that talks about the history of the War on Christmas, Um, And this article was written by David Emery and published in November of 2017, a couple years back. And he says this. Quote, O'Reilly revised and extended his roster of anti-Christmas merchants, adding Sears, Kmart, Kohl's, Target, Walmart, and Costco to the naughty list. Christian groups ranging from the American Family Association to the Catholic League joined the retail boycott just as federated department stores, perhaps feeling the heat, reverse course and encourage employees to start wishing their customer a good, old-fashioned Merry Christmas again. By 2006, nearly all of the retailers in O'Reilly and Cruise Gun Sights had followed Federated's lead and announced their intentions to use the word Christmas in their holiday greetings. O'Reilly declared victory in the war on Christmas. You know, we did it last year, we won the war, he announced on his radio show in December 2006. Walmart and Macy's and all the big stores are saying Merry Christmas, and they've stopped ordering their employees not to say it, most of them, end quote. About this time, uh, there was a book that was published by Fox News contributor John Gibson. This is in 2005, and the book was called The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought. And uh, so that was another f- uh, bit of fuel to the fire on the war on Christmas. And it continues, and kind of every year you hear about it. Um, you hear about it about Starbucks cups, and you hear about people's... Um, frustration with stores saying happy holidays and and people not wanting to say Merry Christmas. And this actually played a fairly, I don't know how significant it was, but it was a fairly big role in the 2016 election. Donald Trump, in a speech in uh, 2015, joined the war on Christmas. Uh, Donald Trump is not dumb when it comes to uh, ways to sell himself, and he became a Committed war on Christmas soldier in, in the campaign, um, quoting from an article by Andrew Carell in the Daily Beast from uh, December 2015, says this quote But at the 2015 Value Voters Summit in September, Trump said, The word Christmas. I love Christmas. You go to stores now, you don't see the word Christmas. It says happy holidays all over. I say, Where's Christmas? I tell my wife, Don't go to those stores. As a socially conservative audience applauded, he added, I want to see Christmas. No, I want to see Christmas. Remember the expression, Merry Christmas? You don't see it anymore, he concluded. You're going to see it if I get elected. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now, end quote. And uh, Trump did say Merry Christmas an awful lot (laughs) after he got elected in the Decembers that followed. Uh, In 2017 in Salt Lake City, in a speech in December, he reminded his audience, quote, "Remember I said we're bringing Christmas back? Christmas is back, bigger and better than ever before. We're bringing Christmas back, and we say it now with pride. Let me just say to those here today and all across the country, Merry Christmas to everybody. And also happy holidays and a great new year. We're going to have a great great year." End quote. At the time, I remember thinking that it was just weird because I I couldn't remember a time in our country's history where we didn't say Merry Christmas a lot. I I just didn't. And the legend, I guess, Trump was trying to establish was that he had actually brought Christmas back and that Merry Christmas was a phrase that just wasn't uttered, say, by Barack Obama, whose Christianity had always been suspect to many of the people who now found themselves voting for Donald Trump. I found this very interesting. Uh, Give this a listen. Have a very Merry Christmas. We want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. A very, very Merry Christmas and a holiday filled with joy. I want to wish every American a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. The idea that Donald Trump had brought back the phrase Merry Christmas was ridiculous. And that is what drives me crazy. Obvious political stunts built upon lies uh, that that are um, designed to make the person who is perpetrating the lie uh, look more devoted to God, or or look more patriotic, or look more devoted to Christmas, or whatever. Um, and that is exactly what Trump did, and and it, it worked. I still now and then will have somebody, you know, say something about being allowed to say Merry Christmas, and I just. I I, knew, I usually just smile and nod along, but I, I don't understand it one bit. Um, I don't understand people getting mad at Starbucks for the, their cup design. I I don't understand trying to do cute things like r- r- telling the barista that your name is Merry Christmas that will force them to say it. I in fact I think that's that's really wrong <laughs> and, and detrimental to. Uh, to our witness for Christ. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not what we're called to. My goodness. Um, this stuff is nonsense on stilts. I mean, it works and it gets votes somehow, but it it's in a, in a way that I hope I can articulate it's evil. (laughs) And I mean that sincerely, uh, but it, it comes from the way that we look at our, our nation and our culture with a perspective that is backwards from what it should be. I was in a, a, a Bible study recently, um, and somebody who, who is a wonderful person brought up the topic of atheists, and the way she was talking about them, it, it made it sound like they were the enemy. And, uh, and, and I made the point. I said, that no, they're not our enemy. They're our mission field and you know the barista at Starbucks is not your enemy they're your mission field and neither is the um the person that's doing customer service at amazon.com or at walmart or or any of these places they're not your enemy they're they're your mission field they might even be believers by the way and yet we we consistently miss the the target here and we look at things backwards we are not to fight with the world's weapons And boy, have we forgotten that. It feels like, uh, you know, we we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Um, Our battle is with principalities and powers of the air. And, you know, they'd they'd love us to be sidetracked uh, on this stupid war on Christmas nonsense instead of what we're supposed to be about. You know what Christmas is about? Christmas is about the Lord coming to be with us. That's why we call him Emmanuel, God with us and uh, coming to be with us to rescue us and to save us. Reading from Luke 2, about the very first Christmas, you see this, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And that is what we're to be about. (laughs) you know, we, we fight all day long about who is going to be our earthly king and politics and Starbucks and the loss of our culture. Uh, and you know what? The Lord, uh, has come to be one of us, to be with us, to be our Emmanuel. There's nothing better and greater than that. There just isn't. And it's interesting that, uh, that when Jesus was asked about his kingdom, he says this in John 18, 36, he said, "'My kingdom is not of this world. "'If my kingdom were of this world, "'my servants would have been fighting "'that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, "'but my kingdom is not from the world.'" And you know what his kingdom is? It's unshakable. (laughs) Hebrews 12, 28 says this, "'Therefore, let us be grateful "'for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken.'" And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Our kingdom is, is uh, unshakable. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that Jesus is king over, the kingdom of Jesus is not worried about getting us a, a cup from Starbucks that isn't Christmassy enough. It's just not. The, the kingdom of Jesus isn't worried about losing our country because our country isn't the kingdom. And this war on Christmas stuff Is uh, you know I'm I'm trying not to be too salty about this, but it's almost a denial of what we should know to be true—that we have an unshakable kingdom. Uh, America is not a Christian nation. Uh, I would argue it's never really been a truly Christian nation, and there's never been a time when America was great in the way that that God would define. I don't. I'm not saying that America isn't a wonderful place to live. It is. and as countries go, uh, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. And I think there's a lot of great things about this country. But this is not our home. Uh, we are not King David in Israel. We are Daniel in Babylon, and we are in exile. Uh, we are strangers and aliens here. And um, the more nonsense we perpetrate on our culture, uh, trying to get them to, uh, to say Merry Christmas to us, the the more our culture is going to drift from us. And this is the thing, <laughs> you know, when when Jesus was born, the angels sang from the heavens uh, about God's glory and about this child. And isn't it weird that we're asking people who may not even be believers to tell us Merry Christmas? Shouldn't we be the ones bringing Christmas to them? And by bringing Christmas, I'm not talking about Tinsel and mistletoe, what I'm talking about is bringing Emmanuel, God with us, is helping them to see that uh, the Lord has come to be among us and he has rescued us and given us a path to salvation uh, through his body on the cross and through his resurrection. And there's just nothing better than that. There just isn't. That's what we're supposed to be about. So demanding that they tell us Merry Christmas. Is, is not just like a sideshow, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. We should be graciously and gently and humbly bringing Merry Christmas to them, regardless of the greeting that they give us. So thanks so much for listening. And even though we're not even to Thanksgiving yet, I want to tell you Merry Christmas. All praise and glory to the one who has prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. I hope that you have happy holy days this Christmas. God bless.